Hello, Musai Collective. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera, and welcome back to this week's episode. Before I introduce my next guest, I'd like to mention that there is a brand new Musai mix up on our SoundCloud page, curated by Joyce Muniz, who was also featured on Musai Collective on the last episode. This week, you'll be meeting up and coming DJ producer, Barella. She's precise, uncanny, and challenging. Barella's sound is hinged on defying trends and carefully selected to stimulate the mind. Already making her mark across international platforms, her sound has been widely described as unconventional. Propelled by her natural talent for weaving together deeper and darker journey-like arrangements, along with her charismatic and contagious physical presence behind the decks, she has made long strides over a short time most notably gaining support and artist affiliation from Nick Warren and The Soundgarden. Today, we discuss navigating through perfectionism, ballet as a savior, aspiring female DJs in Iran, and so much more. This musical Musai is an artist to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at Borel4. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Borella on Musai Collective. Hello, Afrin, aka Barella. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. How are you doing over there today in Toronto? <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. It's so <laughs> lovely to speak with you today. I am doing great. It's getting a little bit cold here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss that. But I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's so great to have you here today. And for everyone listening, I've actually met Afrin through working in the dance music industry for the last few years. And, you know, we just kind of connected on-site at festivals or events, always found a moment to chit-chat or have a laugh on the dance floor. (laughs) And (laughs) so it's really nice to connect with you today and share your story. So yeah, yeah. thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. So I'd like to start off by having you share your origin story. And also for everyone listening, Barella is not only a DJ and producer, she has been trickling into the creative arts since a child. I'll let her take over and kind of share her origin story, where it all began and all the multidisciplinary arts that you've been involved with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I, you know, since I was very young, I was drawing and sketching a lot that was I think the like my first ways to express myself when I was very young was just like with drawing and like every day I would draw I would draw and I would paint you know I would like watch cartoons and then I would I would draw them you know that I did that like every day for many years so It started from there. I was taking music lessons also when I was young. And then uh, when we moved to Canada, I was lucky enough to be able to go to OCAD. You know, I went to OCAD. I studied design there, but it was still a little bit maybe, you know, my parents always wanted me to become like some a doctor or, you know, an architect or, you know, something more academic. I was also dancing a lot and my dad is a general surgeon, so he wasn't super happy (laughs) with me just pursuing art. You know, he was mm-hmm. like, I would love for you to like continue my path in medicine. And although he's a musician, you know, but he just wanted me to continue that path. But after after a couple of years, they they, you know, saw that it just wasn't something that I wanted. And, you know, they were more okay with me actually following passion. And yeah, and then I got into the music industry when I was when I was dancing at the same time. I was going out and I was, you know, kind of exploring electronic music and then I traveled a few times and that's when I really fell in love 
you know, with the music, with the light, with the way people express themselves, you know, because our, I think our, our industry is quite unique in that way where people really, really like there is a different sort of freedom, you know, and yeah, I just fell in love with it. And I was like, I want to be a part of this, you know, amazing. (laughs) It's an, it's an incredible journey. And, and I think there's a lot of pressure from parents to their children to follow in their footsteps. You know, you you hear sometimes that there's like six doctors in the family and like six generations or whatever it is. Exactly. And sometimes then they have the reality check that this isn't their path. This isn't their child's path. That they're not passionate about that. They're just going to be unhappy and exactly. not following their dreams and their passions. So I think if eventually parents can accept what their children's dreams and passions are that they want to pursue, then, you know, they can fully, truly live in their passion and their purpose because being a doctor, because your parents want you to be a doctor doesn't do anything for you internally. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't bring happiness into your life. You know, plus I think what it did for me for many years was that it kind of like made me like pull away from them because I was like, well, they don't get me. So why would I want to spend time with them? You know? Yeah. Like a little bit of resentment. Like you don't support my goals and my dreams. And, you know, I've spoken to other artists and musicians who've had similar experiences where their parents maybe don't speak to them anymore because it's just, they don't believe in it. So I find that a little alarming just from my own experience. I know my parents have always been supportive no matter what I do or decide to do. So like, I can't even imagine that, you know, where, you know, parents no longer, (laughs) you know, where parents no longer like will speak to you Mm -hmm. on a a non-speaking terms Mm -hmm. because they don't agree with your career choices. It's definitely tough because I would say that the art industry in general, like I'm not even just saying music in general is, is tough, you know? So you really need as much support, especially emotional support, as you can get, you know, from from the people that are very close to you, like your parents, you know, and when they aren't really for it, it's just, it's just a lot more harder, you know, because you're not, you're not going to change your ways, you're, you're, you're going to do what you want to do. That was the case with me. I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm very stubborn, you know, I'm not going (laughs) to budge. (laughs) So it was, it was a tough few years, but now they're, they're doing a lot better. Doing a That's lot good better. to hear. That's good to hear. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And so you've actually started producing over the course of this pandemic. And in what ways has your time in the studio been a journey for you in itself? And how did you navigate through the wanting everything to be perfect, the perfectionism of being in the studio and picking at every little thing that you might think? think needs to be edited like how do you navigate through that uh yeah so I did start like before the pandemic I was kind of I obviously knew that I had to produce not only that I had to but I also wanted to I wanted to express myself through music in that way but I was always very very intimidated by the software like I I wanted to learn Ableton and I was I would open Ableton and I'm like I can't it's too much it looks like a spaceship I don't know what to do it's so true (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it yeah it's a lot yeah (laughs) yeah so for the longest time I was just kind of like I had this weird like open it Um, just, you know, click on a few things and then I don't know about this and then close it, you know? But since the pandemic began, I was like, you know what? I have all this time on my hands now. 
regardless of however I feel, I'm just going to get through this first step that is the toughest. And I'm going to familiarize myself with the software because that's like the first thing. But then you have to learn how to express yourself creatively. I also needed a refresher on music theory because I hadn't played. I used to play guitar for a long time and and I had stopped doing that. I was like, okay, I need a refresher on music theory, you know, and then there's also all the technical aspects of it to you know, the mix down and just making sure everything is in balance, every element is in balance with the other. So it definitely was a journey. I I would say it took a whole one good year for me to like really understand the software. That, honestly, there's still things that I probably don't know uh, because there's so <laughs> many little, like you can tweak anything. And yes. Anything. <laughs> but definitely a journey, you know, ups and downs. Sometimes you're like, you, you you start something and you're like, oh yeah, I'm the best. I'm doing great. I love this. And then the next day you listen to it. Oh, I hate it. I suck. I don't want to do this again. You know, there's definitely been a, been a journey in that, in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But about perfectionism. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a perfectionist by nature. And I would say, Probably. So I did mention that I used to dance also. I think dancing also made me more of a perfectionist. So it made it worse, if anything. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's still something that is a bit of a challenge for me and sometimes takes away the fun. So I'm still learning, you know, as I'm, as I'm growing as a producer, like I'm still learning uh, also as an individual, you know, just, just to be like a little bit less hard on yourself, try to enjoy the journey it's good to want to be perfect, but I try to not get too carried away in that sense. You know, I try to remind myself that perfection is just an illusion. You know, it helps to because it helps because you will better yourself. You will always better yourself because you want to be the best. But like, I have to remind myself that don't get too too sunk into that that idea of perfection. There you go. And it's all trial and error. You, If you don't try, you won't know. Just exactly. create. You have to get into your ebb and flow and just create and then go back to it. Maybe if you've been working. I know some people spend hours in the studio. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to like put it to the side and then go back maybe in a few days, like refresh yourself. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing with me is that I, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit stubborn too. I, for, for the longest time, I just avoided asking for help. I'm like, I don't want anyone's help. I'm just going to figure it all out on my own. And, you know, if you want to be perfect or, or you know, good, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot harder when you yes. don't ask for help. Yes, you, know? you definitely yeah. help learning how to, like, manage Ableton. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also have a brand new remix coming out in January for an artist named Namito. And the remix is called Lone Wolf. And can you tell us a little bit more about it? For sure, yeah. We met Namito in Berlin when we went there, I think it was two years ago. We went there and we met him completely by accident. And he was playing a set uh, in uh, in a venue, I can't really, oh, Menschmeier. And we met him and I'm from Iran, he's from Iran. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, great. So we kind of like, we hit it off, we became good friends. And then he told me, we stayed in, in in touch and then he told me that for the 25 year anniversary of his music production he's doing he's doing a remix compilation uh from from the from an album that he released like many years ago and he was asking me he's like would you like to remix one of the tracks i'm like of 
course, that would absolutely be my pleasure. And uh, he sent me the album and I chose Lone Wolf. I kind of connected with the track. I connected with the name because I'm by nature again. I, I am definitely a Lone Wolf. I was like, all right. And it's, it's yeah, it's my first official, it's going to be my first official release. I'm nice. excited about it. Yeah. yeah I'm excited about it. <laughs> Love it. Well, we'll definitely stay tuned for that when it comes out in January. Yes. And, you know, looking forward to hear what else you end up creating eventually. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm working on a few tracks, uh, a collaboration, another track on my own. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you're from Iran. And we, we kind of touched this when we touched base last week. As a woman from Iran, pursuing a career as a DJ and performing in your country wouldn't necessarily be possible or it's quite difficult due to different restrictions or rules towards women in that culture. So how does it feel to know you can go for your dreams fully in Toronto in a place like Canada, but you will never be able to actually go back to your country of origin to perform? And do you have any advice for female DJs or producers who have the same dream who are living in Iran still? Yeah, so I I do consider myself definitely lucky and blessed to be here to be able to pursue what I love because if I was there I it would not have been possible for me to, you know, to to follow it the way I would like because yeah, you can't really perform especially as a female. I've I've seen that, you know, guys sometimes play in cafes, you know, but there's no nightclub that doesn't exist. You know, it's not legal to go to a dance club, you know, that's not a thing. And if you're a girl performer, you, yeah, there's not much you can do if you're living there. However, if electronic music is your passion, you know, for, for girls there that, it, or, or, you know, guys, doesn't matter there that, that have this passion, uh, that share this passion, I would say if you just, you know, keep, keep going for it, keep making music, keep releasing, keep expressing yourself. And if you, I had a prof in university that told me one time, if you create enough beautiful things and put them out in the world, someone will eventually notice you, you know, and it just, you know. That's a really beautiful. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, if they can continue to produce music and put it out there, like you said, someone's going to come across it. Maybe in the future they can get bookings in another country. Exactly, because <laughs> we're perform. lucky. Yeah, because we're lucky uh, in this day and age to be connected by the internet. You know, you can always, you can always, you know, put put music out that nobody can stop you from doing that. So yeah. Yes, power to the music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> so something else I just learned about you which I had no idea is that you're actually a classically trained ballet dancer and you mm-hmm. did this for six years which is amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know in what ways did you turn back to dancing over the pandemic to raise your vibrations and move your body and how did dance return to you as a savior once again yeah ballet was uh was a big, big part of my life for many years. Uh, actually, it was probably over six years even. I, I've, I've lost count. But for, the, for that period of time, I was, I was training rigorously. I, it, was, it was my everything, something, something very close to my heart. Just, you know, the freedom of expression with movement is, I think, is just very powerful. And 
definitely, well, when the pandemic happened, everything stops. All the classes, you know, obviously you can't go dance with other people, you know. All the classes were put on a stop. So I, I, I was like, well, what can I do? And I started taking online classes. And I was like, wow, this is, was, this is a whole new thing that I never tried before. Definitely helped with my, you know, with my mental and emotional health. Because again, like I think dancing, you don't even have to be a dancer. You know, I think dancing can help everybody because the, there is just a different energy. There's just a different, you know, vibration that, that comes from dancing that can really, really lift your spirits up. So yeah, I, if I, I don't know how I could have, you know, how I could have gone through the pandemic if I didn't have that. I agree. I love dancing. <laughs> Yeah, it's always been something. Yeah, I've always loved to dance. I I think, yeah, when I was a kid, I took ballet, jazz, Mm. contemporary dance, and I loved it. And then, you know, obviously being in the dance music industry, I I connected with music first as a like raver on the dance floor, just dancing. Mm. So, I mean, Mm. I like... I put on music all the time at home and have a dance. Yes. <laughs> you can always find me dancing. It's it's just like, yes. you know, it just raises your vibrations. And I, you know what I love is like when you're on a dance floor, this is something I, I can say I do miss is that when you're on the dance floor and there's no words being spoken, but there's so much being said, like you're looking mm-hmm. at each other, you're dancing and you're just <laughs> smiling and you like look at someone and you don't know this person, but you know, you're vibing and it's like, yes, exactly. you're speaking Those the same language. So special. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I know it is, it is one of the best parts of, you know, of our, our just yeah. being on the dance floor. Those connections. Those and then, and then another transition when a new track comes on and you're just like, ooh. And you're like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <just moving> your <laughs> body. <laughs> I want to dance now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So. It is the best. Yes. 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 So speaking about events and going clubbing, how are you feeling about stepping back into the music festival and nightclub circuit. And where do you see the future of dance music and live events going? So I would say that for me personally, maybe in the past, I wasn't really enjoying every moment because I was like, well, you know, there's always another thing. You know, there's always this, that, like just not really being in the moment. But now I'm, I'm not taking anything for granted anymore. You know, I, I'm really, I'm really, um, conscious what, when I'm, when I'm outside, I'm really conscious of being in the moment and, and trying to like not worry about anything else when, when I'm there, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely enjoying myself a lot more because of that. And, you know, and about, about the future, I, I would say that I think the industry, not only our industry, but like every industry has moved into a more kind of digital world. It's not the same, but it exists and it's powerful and it connects a lot of people together. And it's also, you could also argue that, for example, the the, the digital Burning Man, that the app that they made, you go there and it's not just music. Sure, you're listening to, for example, your favorite DJ, but you're also in that digital virtual world connecting with everybody else around you. 
the, all the little details, you know, in in that in that little world. So it's definitely interesting, you know. Other than that, I also think that our industry, especially, is moving into a more multi-sensory kind of field, where when you go out, it's not just music anymore, you know. It's like lights, you know. It's it's decor. It's everything. It's it's really it's really becoming much more of a multi-sensory experience than just than just the musical you know experience which is which is something i like i like it i think it's very very engaging it's very liberating i guess in a way yeah and it's it's true like i think something that the whole industry realized what it's possible during a pandemic with canceled events was the whole online streaming of sets and everyone collaborating and doing Mm -hmm very like magnificent landscapes and you know just Mm. being somewhere mystical or you know and collaborating I know like some people threw events that were streamed but like with different time zones and different DJs in different parts of the world which I think is super cool on one channel in collaboration with like maybe like 10 promoters or something so it really reached a large audience and I think that was very powerful you know and uh, it really showed that working in together and collaboration triumphs not yeah, collaborating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's it's really cool. And you know, as much as live events are returning here and there in some countries, I still think the live streaming will be a thing. It is a thing. And I think so. It just too. reaches a whole so other demographic of people that maybe aren't ready to go to live events yet. Or mm-hmm. they just prefer to like be at home, but they want to like still engage and be mm-hmm. a part of this event. So I think it's really yeah, cool. That's, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. I think it's uh it's again, it's it's kept us connected more than ever you know yeah exactly you don't maybe you don't feel like going out nowadays there's probably a stream at any time for yes to watch you know? yeah and, and dance at home and you know and like really let, look it up and see what's going on and then stay home with yeah some friends it's like your friends over and then just have a little time especially as it gets colder over there in toronto <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, have yeah, a also, little dance party. <laughs> <laughs> I also did a feel like I did uh, in, the, uh, in the pandemic when everything was super closed. I also did something with Electronic Groove. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, it was multiple DJs, different time zones and stuff, which was, again, which was really nice. And I also did a stream for Soundgarden, like stuff I never nice. thought. Exactly. Done, you know? yeah. yeah, it definitely pushed us like out of our comfort zone a little bit for sure and you're and like you know no one really knows what they're doing but it happened and everyone made yeah. it happen <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so speaking of the return of live events you're actually hosting an event at coda nightclub in toronto on november 27th called vanguards who do you have on the lineup and what can people expect if they're attending? Yeah, so we have this event uh, happening on no- November 27th. I'm very excited about it. The first time that, you know, we had the chance to cure it in night there. It's it's my favorite venue in the city. So I, you know, I'm very, very happy about it. We have two of our really great friends opening up the night. They go by the name Nambe. They are great producers, great DJs. They are, you know, up and coming, but I love their sound. They're, they're more kind of more very synthy and kind of dark and deep, you know. And after them, we have Soleka. Again, another great DJ, great friend. He's also kind of deep and dark. And then there's me, and then there's Gabrielle Belmuth, another great friend. Actually, we've sat down in the studio a few times together. He's a great producer, wonderful producer, and a great DJ. 
he's also, you know, so the, the night I would say going to be a deep, dark, you know, melodic, a little bit progressive kind of, yeah, atmosphere. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. <laughs> Amazing. It sounds delicious. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. Yes. Are you yes. gonna, you should, you should record your set. <laughs> I think I'm going to, yeah. I think I'm going to record it. Yeah. You know, yeah. just Why in case. Not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can see what you want to do with it afterwards. But, you know. Exactly. For those for those of us who so can't make as well. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Well, if anyone is listening who's living in Toronto, you can buy tickets on Coda's website. And so, yeah, hopefully it'll be, it'll be a good one, I'm sure. That's so oh, nice. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited because, you know, our city is a little bit headline-oriented. And it's just nice to have an event that is not geared toward, you know, a headliner. Yes, the international artists. And I think that that is a positive for artists living in their local cities is the opportunity to play headline curate a night, you know, because Mm -hmm. a lot of artists can't come into the country right now. Maybe they're slowly coming back. Just depends on where they're coming from. You know, there's all these logistics Mm -hmm. and restrictions, but it's also giving artists in our cities, in our own hometowns, a chance. So I think that's really cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Much needed, much needed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. Um, yeah. <laughs> here we go. So now I'd like to ask you if you'd like to give a shout out to one or two muses in your life. For me, in the music industry, I've been inspired a lot by Mira. I don't know if you know her. Yes, I do. So, <laughs> yeah, shout out to her. I she's always been. Although I've, uh, you know, I'm I don't really know her personally, but since the start of my journey, she's always been like, you know, a powerful figure for me. She's she's amazing. She's lovely. Okay, awesome. So we're gonna get to our follow your bliss finale question. Can you share with us one positive affirmation with our listeners? So I would say that. You know, sometimes in life when you're, you know, when you're walking along your path and and you, you're doing something that you love, but the path seems very dark and you can't really see where you're going and you feel lost and you're confused. Just keep going, you know, keep moving forward, keep following your heart, keep listening to your intuition. And eventually you'll get to a place where there's more light and everything starts to come together and make sense. So yeah, just just keep going. Just keep going, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. Everyone listening, Barella will be curating a very special Musai mix. So stay tuned because you're going to want to hear this one. I love her mix as always. So (laughs) also her live set. Afrin, it was so lovely to talk to you today connect, see what you're up to and, you know, share. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. So lovely to connect with you. Thank you. As always. (laughs) Okay, well, stay well and hopefully I'll see you in the future. Yeah, you too, my love. Sending sending you warm hugs from Toronto. Yes, sending you (laughs) warm Caribbean vibes. (laughs) Yes, please. Okay, see you soon. Bye. Bye.